Hey, what's up? This is Seth Williams from the RE Tipster blog, and welcome to episode number one. The RE Tipster podcast is a show all about how you can use your limited time and energy to invest in real estate with low risk and huge rewards. If you're interested in things like building more passive income, financial freedom, retiring early and building a well-diversified real estate business without putting your life savings on the line, this is a show for you. So this is episode number one, as I mentioned, and what are we going to talk about in this show? Well, there's a few things I want to cover. Being that this is the first episode ever, uh, I basically just want to help lay out some expectations so you can understand what this show is all about, why I'm starting it, why I'm doing this, uh, how you can benefit from it, uh, and just kind of let you know a little bit more about my story in case you know this is your first time ever listening to me talk or if you've never really heard of me before. I'll just lay out where I'm coming from so you can understand my background and you know why you may or may not want to listen to what I have to say. So who is Seth Williams? Who am I? And what am I doing on this podcast talking to you about real estate? Well, I run a blog called retipster.com. The RE stands for real estate, in case you wonder about that. And I've been running that blog since late 2012. On the blog, I've spent a lot of time putting together content explaining how I do what I do in my real estate investing business. I'd say the most common things I talk about are various topics that relate to land investing, rental properties, and a lot of other related topics and resources that really apply to everybody in the real estate business in general. I like to put together reviews on a lot of the software and websites and gear that I use in my business on a regular basis. And really just share a lot of the things that I know that I've learned through my years of experience as a real estate investor. Over the years, I've covered a lot of topics like how to find unbelievable real estate deals, how to get properties sold quickly, how to handle various aspects of the rental property business, how to build an effective website for your business, how to build a buyer's list, and just a lot of different things that go into the due diligence before you purchase a property. There's actually a lot more that goes into the blog, but I'll let you discover that uh, at your own pace when you have time. But the blog is actually not where I got started. For me, my entrepreneurial journey started uh, back in about 2005 when I was still in college. And when I was in college, I was reading this book that opened up my eyes to the power of real estate as an investment tool. Name of the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure you've heard of it. A lot of us have read it in the real estate world. And the reason this book is so powerful for so many people is that it really changes your perspective about how money works and how you can make money work for yourself rather than you working for money. And one of the many things that the author Robert Kiyosaki talks about in this book is real estate and how he has used real estate to retire early and create a lot of financial freedom for himself. But the thing about this book is that he doesn't really get into the specifics of how you do it. He just sort of talks generally about real estate as an investment. And so when I first read this book, the first thing that I did was I got on my local you know, MLS listing website and I tried to find houses or duplexes or really anything in my local area that I could buy as my first real estate investment. I had real estate in my mind as the number one tool that was going to make me rich and help me to you know, retire early and really buy my financial freedom. 
But the problem I was having was that, you know, at the time, there was a colossal real estate bubble that had driven the price of real estate sky high in my area and really throughout most of the United States. And it didn't matter what I looked at, every single property that I could find that was currently listed on the market for sale, the asking price was just like crazy. Like whenever I would run my projected cash flow numbers and try to figure out if this would be a good investment, you know, something that would make me money month after month as a rental property or even as a house to flip, no matter what I looked at, the numbers just never worked. Like I would basically have to offer like half of each person's asking price and then maybe it would work as an investment. And unfortunately for me, the market was such that, you know, anybody who cared enough to list their property for sale was never going to accept that low of an offer from somebody like me. Or at least that's what I experienced when I tried to make those kinds of offers. And it just wasn't working. And I probably spent, man, I don't even want to know how many hours over the next several months just looking at all kinds of opportunities, visiting all kinds of foreclosures, and pretty much any property in my area that had even a remote chance of being a good investment. And it just never worked out. And I found it just incredibly frustrating because no matter what I looked at, like the numbers just never worked. And it was driving me crazy because... I knew deep down that like there must be a way to make real estate investing work because there's a lot of people out there that have made and continue to make a lot of money with real estate as their primary investment tool, but I just couldn't figure out how to do it. Like I was apparently going at it completely the wrong way because no matter what I did, the numbers just never added up and it was just kind of driving me nuts. By the time 2006 rolled around, I finally graduated from college, got my first job, and near the end of that year, I sort of just started to lose patience, and my thought process was, okay, I need to buy real estate. Any real estate will do. I just need to get that first house under my belt, and then everything will work itself out. So I ended up buying a very small 800-square-foot single-family house for $102,000, thinking that, that that was this great deal. And uh, unfortunately, as time went on, 2008 eventually hit and things just fell apart. If you were in real estate or if you were really just a working professional at all during that time, chances are you probably remember just the huge economic crisis that caused real estate values to plummet across the country. And my area was no exception. The entire real estate market in Grand Rapids, where my property was, just kind of seized up. And there was this massive glut of unsold inventory on the market. As a result, pretty much all of the housing prices went way, way, way down. And after working very, very hard to save up and pay down a lot of the mortgage debt associated with this house, and we put just a ton of sweat equity into it, we ended up selling the property after having it listed for six months for about $88,000. So after all of this time and work we put into paying down the mortgage balance and trying to improve this property, we lost money on it. And I guess the only silver lining to this, if you can even call it that, was that because we had paid down so much of the debt associated with this property, after we had sold the property, we basically just walked away with nothing. Whereas a lot of people who would have been in our position would have sold the property and still had more debt they had to pay off after the property was sold. So luckily we were not in that position, but it still hurt really, really, really bad to go through that experience and just lose that kind of money after pouring our hearts and souls into this property. And as painful as that whole experience was, there were some incredibly powerful lifelong lessons that we got from that. One of the bigger lessons for me and a lot of other people at the time was that 
Real estate appreciation, where the value just kind of automatically goes up year after year, that is not a guarantee. And a lot of people were getting really confused about this at the time because there had been so many consecutive years of a good real estate market where prices were just continuing to go up and up and up. And people were starting to just assume this is how real estate works. Whatever price you buy a property at, you can just plan on that value getting higher and higher as time goes on. And I'm here to tell you, that is not how it works, and that is never a guarantee, and that is not the right reason to buy any property. When this light bulb went off for me, I kind of started to realize that appreciation is basically just a bonus if you get it, and that shouldn't really be the motivation for buying a property. What should be the motivation is cash flow. Cash flow is something that you can predict with a reasonable amount of accuracy in the here and the now and also within the next 12 months. And the key is to buy that property as low as you possibly can because that's one of the huge variables that goes into how much your income and expenses are going to be for this property on an ongoing basis. It's definitely not the only number, but it is the one number that you can have control over and you can say yes or no to a deal based on what that number is. And given the importance of buying a property at a very, very, very low price, it's equally important to know where and how to find motivated sellers. When I say motivated sellers, I mean people who, for one reason or another, are happy to sell their property at a massive discount. One of the biggest flaws in my thinking in my first several years of pursuing real estate was that I was only allowed to buy properties from people who had a big for sale sign in their front yard. If somebody is not actively listing their property with an agent or listing it themselves to sell, then I can't buy it. And that assumption could not be further from the truth. And because of that assumption, I limited myself only to deals that had horrible margins and were not good by any measurement. What I really needed to do if I wanted this real estate business to work was figure out a systematic way of finding an unlimited number of deals that had giant profit margins that would basically make it impossible for me to lose so that I could invest in these deals in a way that the numbers had really nowhere to fall but in my favor. And to do this, you really have to understand how to find motivated sellers, people who don't want their property, don't care about their property, and they are happy to sell it to you for pennies on the dollar. Now, back in about uh, 2007, 2008, there was a website that I used to follow pretty closely called FlippingHomes.com. And at the time, this website was run by a guy named Steve Cook and I think a couple other people. And back at that point in time, this was like pretty much one of the most active real estate investing forums on the internet. It was a super vibrant community and I used the website a ton because I was trying to figure out how to get into this whole house flipping business. How I could buy an ugly house for dirt cheap and make it look beautiful and then resell it for a huge profit. During my learning process, I bought a couple courses from Steve Cook and just learned a ton of stuff. I mean, super, super valuable information. And then one day as I was perusing through the website, I saw Steve mention something about a guy named Jack Bosch and how he had this land business and a course that he was putting together for it. And so I clicked on the link and I went to Jack's landing page and signed up and eventually bought his course and it was like a game-changing deal for me because through that course, I learned about something called the delinquent tax list and specifically how you can use this delinquent tax list to find all the owners in a given county that are currently delinquent on their property taxes. And to be clear, this is not the same thing 
as the list of properties that are going up for tax sale. That's something completely different. This is the list of properties that are still owned by their individual private owners, but if they don't pay their taxes off soon, the county is going to seize their properties and then sell them in the future at a tax auction. So we're basically trying to contact these people before they lose their property so we can purchase their property directly from them at a deeply discounted price. Now, part of the reason this kind of list is such valuable information is because it gives you the names and the mailing addresses and a lot of other information of everybody in that county that is currently owing back due property taxes. And statistically speaking, if somebody is owing back taxes on their property, that's usually an indication of something. It means they either don't want their property, they can't afford their property, they don't care about their property, perhaps they inherited it, it just kind of fell into their lap and it's not really their concern. And in the minds of a lot of these people, this property is not an asset or a thing that they want in their life. It's just this extra tax bill they have to pay on a property that they don't want and maybe they've never even seen. And what they really need is somebody to come in, give them an easy button, and just give them cash in exchange for their property. And so what I started doing is sending out postcards to all these people with just a very simple message saying, hey, you know, I see you own property in this county. I'm looking to buy real estate in your area. If you want to sell, give me a call. And I found this to be extraordinarily effective at getting a lot of people to call me back so that I could then make offers that were just like ridiculously low. And many of them accepted it and said, yes, let's do this. Not all of them. There were certainly people who said no in a very mean way and thought I was crazy. But ultimately, that doesn't matter. All you need are just a handful of people to say yes and you can make a lot of money pretty quickly. The first deal I ever did was a half acre lot way out in the boonies that I was able to make an offer on for $331. And the seller was overjoyed that he got this offer and we closed within like a couple of weeks. And then as soon as we had the deed completed and I was the new owner, I went ahead and listed it for sale on Craigslist and had it sold within about 11 days, I think it was, for $1,900. So my total investment into this property after paying the seller paying off their property taxes and covering the closing costs, which were pretty small because I closed it myself and we just had to get the deed recorded, was somewhere in the neighborhood of about $500. And then I made $1,900 back from that. So if you just do the math, you can kind of see it's a pretty good deal. I made a really good return on it. And these are pretty small numbers. I mean, this is not the kind of cash that would allow me to quit my job or anything, but it worked and it did not cost me a fortune to get in and out of this deal. I didn't have to take out loans. I could literally just use the cash in my bank account. And even if I had made some kind of a horrible mistake and misjudged the property's value or did something else wrong, for me, it wasn't the end of the world. I mean, I could afford to lose 500 bucks on a dumb mistake and still survive that. What I can't afford to do is lose $50,000 on a house that I took out a loan for and everything went haywire. So after I did that first deal and realized that, hey, this is a system that actually works, I just need to repeat this over and over again and start going after bigger deals, that was exactly what I did. In that first year, I did about 30 deals, and in the following year, I did 40 deals, all using this approach of getting this delinquent tax list and sending out postcards and getting motivated sellers to call me and accept the offers that I made to them. And it turned out to be a pretty effective system and you can actually use this approach to go after houses like I've had offers accepted on houses for like 500 bucks before and they always ended up being just complete disasters not the kind of thing I actually wanted to buy but it is totally possible to do this with houses but what Jack did was he was going specifically after vacant land because vacant land is a much 
simpler type of property. It's just dirt. There's no tenant issues, nothing that breaks. People can't really steal anything from you because it's just dirt. And at the time, Jack was really the first person that I knew of who was talking about this approach. And just discovering this business through him was really a huge deal to me. And it completely changed the trajectory of my professional life because I knew about this. And as I continued to work the business, there were a lot of efficiencies and tricks that I learned along the way that weren't really covered in his course way back then. And I kind of started to integrate these things into my business. And eventually I even found that you don't even necessarily need a delinquent tax list to do this. There are services out there like Agent Pro 24-7 and ListSource and RealQuest Pro and a lot of other similar data companies that will allow you to create very specific filters filtered lists based on the type of property you're looking for, where you're looking for it, the size, the value, the ownership, all kinds of different criteria so that you can get a list of a very specific type of property that you're looking for. Depending on the data service you use, it can potentially be a little bit more expensive to go this way because some of these data services charge a lot of money for what they do, but it can also save you a ton of time and hassle because working with a lot of counties can be a pretty frustrating process because some of them definitely do not make this easy for you if you're trying to get their list. Something else I figured out a few years into the business was the value of having a buying website. So basically this is just a branded website with your company name where the people that you send direct mail to or even the people who are searching on Google for you know how to sell my land fast can land on this website and submit all of their property information to you online. So that essentially it saves you tons and tons of time and people can do this without your personal involvement on the phone. So you don't have to spend 30 minutes per person hearing their life story and figuring out all the details about their property. They can just do it on their own time and you can spend you know, 15 seconds looking at it and deciding whether or not you want to make an offer based on that. So a buying website was another huge efficiency. Another thing was creating a very uh, detailed, helpful voicemail message so that when people did call me, I didn't have to answer that phone live. They could literally just leave me a message with their information and say whether or not they wanted me to call them back. So after doing this business for a few years, I eventually came across what was at the time the biggest deal I had ever done. This was a 12-acre vacant parcel of land on Lake Huron, and I ended up making an offer to this person for $4,500 and some change. The seller accepted the offer immediately. We closed on it, and then I listed the property, and about five months later, I sold the property for $45,000. And mind you, this all happened in 2011, which was really like pretty much the worst time economically. The real estate market was at its worst Unemployment was extremely high. Michigan was probably the worst state to be living in and doing business in just because we were hugely affected by the downturn of the auto industry. I mean, things were not good and I had pretty much everything working against me, but I still was able to make that kind of money. And at the time, it was more money than I made in an entire year for my day job. It was a pretty huge paycheck and a really big eye-opener. And another really cool thing about it was that in this entire process, I literally never laid eyes on the property. In fact, to this day, as I'm recording this, I still have never seen this property. Up until this point, I was kind of stuck on the idea of, you know, in order for me to do a deal, 
I have to be able to drive there and walk it myself and see everything before I'm ever going to feel comfortable buying a property and doing this kind of deal. And after I finished up with this Whopper, I kind of just realized like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely nice to see a property if you can. And I think it'll definitely give you a perspective that you won't really have if you're only relying on online tools like Google Earth and Agent Pro 24-7 and parcel maps and things like that. But I still didn't have to see it. I was still able to get all the way through this deal and make a lot of money. And I never even had to leave my computer to do it. And once I realized that, I realized, you know, there's really no reason why I need to be pursuing properties only in my home state. I mean, if I don't need to go to these properties, I mean, I can technically go after properties that are anywhere in the United States. As long as I can get access to the online tools I need to see the property, get a parcel map, get all the information I need, that's what's really important. So after that, I started doing direct mail campaigns in Georgia, in California, and Alabama and Wisconsin and all kinds of places and even started doing a lot of deals through the free submissions that were coming in through my website just from people who would find me online and submit their property information because they wanted to sell. And I was able to do deals all over the place. And through all these experiences, I started to realize that I'm kind of building up this huge library of knowledge just from the different deals I've done, the different approaches I've tried, figuring out what has and has not worked for me. And it was around that time that I discovered a blog called smartpassiveincome.com, which was run by a guy named Pat Flynn. And this blog is still active and Pat is still doing his thing. And the Smart Passive Income blog really had nothing to do with real estate. It was just a guy who was working on a number of projects online that were building these streams of passive income from him. So it was strictly about like online business and blogging and that kind of thing. And as I was reading his blog and watching his videos and listening to his podcast, I was like blown away by how much of value Pat was bringing to the table for free. Like he wasn't charging anything for it. And I mean, seriously, the stuff he was giving away was legitimately worth like thousands. And I was just so impressed by what he was doing. And I started thinking to myself, you know, I wonder if I could do this for the real estate investing world. Just taking the lessons I've learned in my various experiences and just putting together a huge online resource that continues to grow as I continue to write blog posts and just kind of making it available for people. And in the process, I can start some affiliate relationships and write some blog posts about some of the tools I'm using and monetize it that way. And so that was what I did. And I gotta be honest, when I first started the blog, I really wasn't sure if I would be able to stick to this and make it work because up until that point in my life, other than the stuff I had learned from Pat Flynn, I wasn't really into blogs. I didn't really understand you know, why people were crazy about blogging and why people read this kind of stuff. But interestingly enough, after I started started putting together my first few blog posts and videos, I started to realize like, man, this is really fun. Like I really, really, really like this. And I never thought I would because I had never tried it before. But after I did it and felt the intrinsic reward of having put together a really helpful piece of content for free that was really actually helping people, I kind of got hooked on it. And it took me like a long, long, long time to do this, but I eventually started to build up a following. And I got to tell you, if I did not absolutely love blogging and making videos and doing that whole thing, there is no way I would still be doing it today. For a long time, the only reason I was doing it was simply for the love of it. It was not because it was paying me in any way, shape, or form. It's really been a lot of fun to do. And something that I think I've kind of known for a long time, but never really acted on, 
was the importance of putting together this podcast. Podcasts, I think, bring a ton of value to the table. And even I can say that like, I listen to a lot more podcasts than I do read blogs because it's really convenient. I can do it while I'm driving around or working out. And that's not something I can do with a blog. I have to actually be there physically watching it and paying close attention to what's going on. And given the inherent convenience that comes with the podcast format, that's why I've decided to jump into this. And I'll tell you another reason why I want to do it is because, honestly, I want to get better at speaking. I've never felt a ton of confidence in my ability to speak publicly or record shows like this. I don't know that I really love the sound of my voice necessarily, but I do know that practice and repetition is the kind of thing that will just, by its very nature, force me to get better at it. And I'm not sure exactly where this podcast is going to go or how many people are going to listen to it, but I can say that uh, one way or another, I think it's going to help me get better at the art of speaking clearly and succinctly and eliminating my ums and you knows and things like that. So my hope is that if you continue to stick with me, you can listen to me improve on that front and get better at uh, clearly communicating my points. And ultimately, dear listener, my goal is for your life and your perspective and your outlook on everything to be changed from every single episode that I do of this show. Because if you're not able to take away any actionable advice or tips or feedback from what I'm saying, then this is really all for nothing. I think some podcasts are out there and exist like purely for entertainment value, and that's totally cool, and there's totally a place for that. But my goal with this podcast is to really equip you with some knowledge based on the work that I've done in the real estate investing industry. I've heard some incredible success stories from the people who have been reading my blog and watching my videos for a lot of years. And I've obviously experienced the fruits of my labor myself. So there's no question that this stuff works. But when it's only on the blog and when it's only on YouTube, it's still not accessible enough for a lot of people who just aren't into that whole scene. And I'm really hoping that this podcast will make a lot of the same content a lot more accessible and digestible for people who are interested in this stuff and are always on the go and don't have time to sit down on a computer and read it the old-fashioned way. So now that you've heard a little bit of my background and story and the reason behind why I'm starting this podcast, that pretty much wraps up this first episode. I hope you've enjoyed your time with me. If you want to learn more about what I do, more about my whole investing philosophy, what I'm all about, and just how my different businesses work together and how you can kind of emulate a lot of the same stuff that I do, be sure to check out the RE Tipster blog at retipster.com. Specifically, I'm actually putting together a blog post for every individual episode that I'm doing. So since this is episode number one, you can find the show notes for this episode at retipster.com forward slash one. Not the word one, but literally just the number one. When you get to that page, I encourage you to share it. If you have any questions or comments about what I've been talking about here today, feel free to leave a comment right there. It works just like a normal blog post. And I'm actually launching this show along with a few other episodes. So this is not the only episode of the show that you can get. If you listen to this right now, you can download the other episodes and listen to those as well if you want to hear more. Since this show is brand new, there's obviously very few, if any, reviews or feedback on iTunes. So if you feel so inclined, I would be extremely grateful to you 
if you headed over to iTunes and just left a totally honest review of what you think about this podcast. Once you get to iTunes, it's also really easy to hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on every show that I come out with here and you can stay on track with what we're talking about as time goes on. And in closing, there's one little tip I want to share with you and that is to realize deeply the value of failure. The biggest and most important game-changing lessons I have ever learned in my life have been the result of my failures. And when you think about what failure is, it's really not failure at all. It's really just a very powerful lesson of something that you need to change going forward. There's a quote from Nelson Mandela that I love where he says, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And as long as you're learning something through every single failure that you experience in life, things can only get better as you tweak and refine your approach in everything you do in the future. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate you so much, and I hope that we'll have a chance to talk again real soon. See you next time.